0: This is Geek Gab with your host, Dornall and me, Daddy Warpig. We are back, Geek Gab, for Saturday, January eleventh, two thousand and twenty. We want to welcome all the people listening live to the show on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash Geek Gab, and uh, of course, the uh, my imitable co-host uh, John right here in the virtual studio. Hey, did I ever tell you why I started saying the date uh, at the beginning of the show? You
1: know, I never thought to ask.
0: <laughs> it was in-depth planning. Um, I was doing the intro one day and my brain stumbled and I couldn't think of anything to say. And in the upper right-hand corner of the screen, I have my system clock. And I looked at my system clock, and it says the day and date and month and uh, not the year. I actually have to remember the year manually. Which makes Januarys a little bit more exciting than I would like them to be. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I, got a, I got a bone to pick with you with, with your use of the manually uh, word. Is, I'm sure I know that's an idiom, but does that doesn't mean that you should actually count it on your fingers, do you? No, no, no. no. It takes a while to get to 2020 on one hand.
0: That'd be an interesting exper- experiment, though.
1: Just find out how long it takes.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to do it live. I imagine that would be longer than the show. Actually, I don't think I'm going to do it at all. But it would be an interesting experiment for someone who is not me to conduct.
1: <laughs> right. That's right. We've got a job for somebody out there. Uh, count on your fingers.
0: Um, well, this is one of those Saturdays where we don't have a guest.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's just what's new. Um I've seen a movie, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but what I want to know, Daddy War Pig, in a stunning reversal of roles,
0: how was <laughs> how your week? Uh, oh, this week's been a, just slightly a little bit disappointing. Is Because I had a lot of movies I wanted to go see, and I didn't go see any of them. So Some of them were for good reasons, but I didn't get to go see any of them. So... Like, there's a new Kristen Stewart movie out. It's her underwater, claustrophobic, like, horror movie. Uh, And I was a big fan of uh, the trio of those movies that came out real near each other. There was The Abyss by James Cameron. There was Leviathan. There was Deep Star 6. And then there's been a few more since then. Um, And I looked at the trailers, and it looked cool. And I was like... I. That's probably trash. That's probably crap, but I want to go see it, and and I want to find out for myself. Then... Um, well, it's then, really important
1: to see that. Sorry to interrupt, but it's really important to see that. Did you know that Kristen Stewart is the actress of the decade?
0: Apparently, she is. Um, but That's I remembered good. something right before I was going to go see it. It's It's January. And uh, it's a movie released in January, and do you know what that means?
1: That means that the award season is over. That's from Hollywood, and and I know this from watching a bunch of previews last night. The award season is over, and everybody's dumping their trash. That's what that's what January means to me in Hollywood.
0: That's what January is in Hollywood. Every movie that they think is garbage. Gets dumped in January. So any hopes? The trailer is good. It's a good trailer. They're walking on the bottom of the sea. There's clouds of silt floating in the water. They're breathing really hard. They're trying to make it to another place so they won't die. When when it crushes, there's implosion. And all of a sudden, there's these monsters. and, And it looks really cool. And then I thought, oh, it's January. Oh, yeah. That's never going to be any good. And I was so disappointed. I mean, I don't know why it won't be any good. I don't have a, you know, a solid guess as to why it won't be any good. I just know that if it were any good, it wouldn't have been released in January. So,
1: yeah, same thing. I saw a bunch of <clears throat> trailers last night and it's, and Most of it was stuff being released in the first quarter of 2020, and I saw at least two horror films. That's a bad sign.
0: Oh,
1: like what? What horror films? I saw a uh, trailer for A Quiet Place Part 2. Oh,
0: yeah, I saw that same trailer.
1: I didn't expect that to warrant a sequel. And it looks well. The trailer basically gives the whole film away. It looks as if it's more of an action thriller than a suspense thriller. But I believe the release date was March, and I went, hmm, yeah they they just they just pulled pulled out a bunch of trash for that.
0: I've got I nothing was, more to
1: say about that.
0: I was tracking uh, a quiet place since it was a, a script getting. Uh, reviews on script shadow. Um, So this is long before it even been bought uh, by a production company and put into production. I was, I had read about what ended up in the movie, you know, the mother being pregnant and giving birth and the monsters and everything. So I knew about that movie uh, a few years before it had even been picked up. So I was, I was watching that one being born I was so excited. It turned out so well. And I admit that this, uh, um, it lived up to my hopes for the script. The movie was as good as I had hoped it'd be, based on the script I'd gotten to know. And uh, I, I'm pretty sh- well. I, I hope. I hope that this one is at least mostly as good as the last one. But I'm I'm not betting on it.
1: No, I I judging by the trailer, which basically showed the whole, whole film, I I wouldn't either. <clears throat> yeah, Bradford Walker in the chat. Hey, thanks for listening in. Appreciate you guys hanging out live. He says you can just ignore anything that comes out until May. Almost, I was pleasantly surprised by nineteen seventeen. I had, I, I was worried for the same reason. I was like, hmm, this looks good, but it's it's in January. I'm not sure if I want to see this. Uh, we'll we'll talk about that in depth later. But I, I, you can be surprised. Just don't bet on it.
0: Yeah, I'd be happy to be surprised, but I'm not betting on it. Yeah, that's my.
1: The, the other trailer I saw, uh, this was actually, I think, a January release. Was mm.
0: another horror movie trailer?
1: Yeah, it, it was another one, another film from Jordan Peele. So he did This Is Us and Get Out, right? Right. Um, which, on, on the one hand, it's great that there's a... Uh, that he's coming out with like his own personal because he he does comedy right Jordan Keen from Key and Peel and I haven't seen his other films but uh, this is us or and get out in particular get out had a lot of funny moments so it's it, he's got the, his own quirky take on on horror that's what I've read so, so sue me but he's come out with another one and it looks like one of those creepy haunted house slash haunted town stories only there's a link with the past where, uh, it looks like one of the characters ex- is experiencing life, uh, as a slave, you know, a couple hundred years ago in the same area. And so the, the trailer was, you know, really confusing and, and, and flashy and, and it cuts back and forth between these two weird settings. Uh, and, the, you know, the name with the grim music that, as the title of the film is revealed, is Antebellum.
0: You know, <clears throat> that might be more intriguing to me if I hadn't read that in um, the Swamp Thing comics I read a few months ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. You mentioned that, I
1: believe. Uh, but I didn't see... I didn't see anything in the trailer that really jumped out at me as, wow, that's going to be really scary, or wow, that's going to be really interesting. Uh, And, of course, the release date, first quarter of the year. And I was like, oh, they're dumping a horror film in in winter. All right, that's it. Not not going to happen. Uh,
0: I I just pulled up on YouTube and went to do a search for it. Uh, According to YouTube, I watched the trailer. It's got that red bar on it that says you watch this all the way through, and I kind of vaguely remember it. And but... it left quite an impact on your psyche. Yeah. yeah, it's it's obviously it's seared into my memory. So that's not a good sign. <laughs> yeah, I mean the
1: uh, the first two the first two films that I mentioned, uh, they actually had they had a little bit of impact. You know, audiences went and saw and 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 they were sort of. Uh, interesting. I mean, I guess it should be said he's sort of he's sort of like a Tyler Perry figure His his uh, his films mostly appeal to uh, the African, urban. The, the urban demographic. Yeah, af- African-Americans. Um, and uh, and that's fine. I'm actually more people should do that instead of trying to, you know, instead of the Disney corporate slop where it's supposed to appeal to the maximum amount of people possible. Uh, but while the first two films were, you know, interesting and, and pretty well regarded, this one appears to be just garbage that they're dumping off in in the winter. So a trailer didn't, did it no justice. I don't know what they can do to fix it.
0: Um, I, uh, I, uh, I don't know. The rap I got on "This Is Us" was that he allowed his like message to um, just run away with the movie. He was so interested in getting this message across that he didn't uh, he didn't bother making the story make sense. Like the story just falls apart if you bother to think about it at all it makes no sense i mean most horror films are like that dude no 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 most horror films at least the ones i've watched if you think about them they make sense within their universe they're not quote-unquote realistic but they're internally consistent to one degree or another um fair enough But this one doesn't even make sense within its own universe. It's not even internally consistent from uh, scene to scene, or the logic behind it isn't consistent. And the logic behind it is just, woo crazy. And you could have gone in a number of different... I I would have loved... Because the setup for it, the ideas behind it are fascinating. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was great. And I would have loved to have seen someone take those same ideas, uh, the same setup, and go in a different direction with it. Um, I mean, it's it's been out for a long time now. How long has it been out now? A year more? Oh, couple years. A couple of years. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm going to do uh, you know fair warning if you haven't seen um, this is us. Uh, there are going to be some spoilers, so you know you might want to. Fast forward to whenever I get done talking. Obviously, you live people. <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, live people. This is go go refill your drink. Go, uh, hit the bathroom. So it, don't touch that dial.
0: But, but you got most of this from the trailer. If you saw the trailer, you know most of this. Mm-hmm. You got people being faced with distorted versions of themselves, violent angry, animalistic versions of themselves. But there's still people who think like you, who mostly, you know, who are you, but they're animalistic versions of you and you're coming face to face with them. That is a situation that if you did it right and you were more concerned with making it chilling and creepy And building uh, slowly to it, instead of just dropping it all out right at the beginning, um, would have been just brilliant. I mean, if you can imagine starting slow, a slow burn, where in the family's house, one of the kids shows up and... The mom turns around and says, I told you to go, you know, change out of those clothes and get ready for dinner or something. And then she turns away, she's turned away from the kid. And the kid is doing one, just something that's way out of character for a kid. Something that's creepy, kind of unsettling, but maybe you could might see a kid doing and there's that, slightly dissonant or atonal music underneath it. You could do things like that to build tension and to build the creepiness factor and to not give the audience a solid notion of what's going on until you reveal that all these weird things going on isn't because the family's going crazy. It's because there's literally... These copies of themselves who have been moving into the house, this guest house they went to for the weekend for this trip to the beach and replacing them and their friends who seem to be whose house they're in, who seem to be so weird and so strange and doing things that are out of character kind of but trying real hard to compensate for it and to make excuses and pass it off as jokes that they've been replaced and, and actually killed. And then you have, you know, some explanation behind it. That could have been brilliant. That could have been a brilliant horror movie, a slow burn horror movie, a small scale horror movie. Um, and then leading up to a climax where, you know, you have to save your family from these, these uh, copies of your family. And you, you can lead into whatever themes you want. I mean, one thing you could have gone with is um, that these are, um, you could go with a spiritual theme, that these are um you know the natural man this is the fallen man the earthly man uh intelligent human beings just stripped of all your higher um all your higher faculties all your higher uh spiritual aspirations or whatever you know they're not evil they're just uh they have none of the nobility and virtue that humans have or you could have gone with you know they're aliens who are duplicating you, or you could have gone with their demons who are duplicating you, or whatever, you know, they're clones. You could have gone in any one of a number of different ways, but you could have made it a great horror movie, an internally consistent horror movie, instead of something that was that was just silly and, and not consistent at all.
1: That sounds like something I don't want to watch. My movie or, or his movie. <laughs> his movie. <clears throat> no, you have good ideas for movies. All right, do you have any scripts ready to go? No. <laughs> I wouldn't
0: work in Hollywood. That's just not No, you'd
1: idea. have you'd have to do the, the I'm I'm sure there's a there's a cottage film industry out there in the mountains. <laughs>
0: But anyways, that, that's my thought on the Last of Us, or, or not on The Last of Us. Uh, on On This Is Us, is just it could have been brilliant, and he was more concerned with with the messages he wanted to do. Fair, but you saw another trailer.
1: I saw another trailer. The, that that was uh, there was another trailer. I I've lost it, Daddy Warpig. I didn't note down which trailer.
0: The other other trailer.
1: The other, other trailer
0: about the birds,
1: about the birds. Oh no. Yeah. I did see that. Speaking of trash, (laughs) (laughs) I had already forgotten. That's how, that's how once again, stamped onto my psyche. Yeah. We also saw the, the second trailer, the extended trailer of the birds of prey, and I'm not going to read the whole subtitle because it's, it's just depressing to read. Uh, It's it's the DC movie with Harley Quinn and you know Birds of Prey. I think is a comic series from DC, isn't it? Yes, bunch of bunch of women villains and heroes get together and have adventures.
0: I guess it's it's one of the older comic book series. It predates like the New Fifty Two. It was uh, Barbara Gordon got shot and she became paralyzed um, from her waist down, and she became a character called Oracle. Um, she had controls of the computers and so she became kind of the eye in the sky and she recruits uh, Black Canary, she recruits Cassandra Cain and she recruits Huntress who are all, um, you know, female DC characters and they became the Birds of Prey. And uh, it, from
1: a top-down perspective, great idea. Like, hey, Harley Quinn's super popular, let's add her to a Birds of Prey film. But it this, this film... Judging by the trailer does a different narrative. It's they make it sound like Carly Quinn rounds up all these women to, as a not, not revenge, but to as mutual protection. Apparently everybody's out to get them for one reason or another. There's a villain in the story and they, they lay out the plot, you know, the, or the, the initial plot right there in the trailer and then show a bunch of action. And it, it looks, it looks boring. It looks dreadful. Um, in I... fact, it looks like a television show, like a commercial for a television show. And there is one, isn't there? They they did uh, in the on the CW in the Arrowverse. They they have done a Birds of Prey show, haven't they? Or is that just my imagination? I don't know. I think we've lost contact with the war pig. I don't have much to say about the film itself, but the I the, I don't know the the idea of getting all these characters together is a great idea for a start. Can you make something compelling out of it? The trailers definitely no. It looks boring.
0: I think the thing that... It's supposed to be a superhero movie and none of them look like superheroes.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. There's no, there's no
0: identifiable costumes. I mean, Cassandra Kane, just to pick a random character, uh, in the comics was trained by the League of Assassins. Uh, the same people who trained Bruce... Uh, so if you remember, the Batman begins, Rachel Ghoul and all those ninjas and stuff, yeah, of course, those same guys trained Cassandra Kane and they reprogrammed her speech centers of her brain to fill it up with assassination information so she can't talk anymore. Um but she can fight like nobody's business. So that's who Cassandra Kane is. And you go into this movie, and she's just like a short, kind of chubby chick. Uh, yeah, that doesn't fit. <laughs> You're just like, wait a minute, what? Oh, come on. Cassandra Kane is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> mean I admit I just read uh, the uh, no man's land series for Batman uh, and all of those characters feature in it prominently Oracle uh, who isn't in this movie um, you know Huntress Cassandra Kane they all feature in it prominently and it's it's really so I gotta see them in their full um, butt kicking, mode and it isn't even just the costumes you know you could take them out of their costumes they would still be superheroes and these guys aren't superheroes they're just a couple of chicks from the feminist club at campus
1: and in the weirdest casting ever I don't mean to be completely ageist here but there's a one of the characters is a detective, a police detective.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, Renee Montoya, played by Rosie Perez, which I don't mean to be ageist, but the woman's over 60 years. Oh, she's like 65, 66 years old. I Are there any 65, 66 year old detectives running around uh, these days? I don't know. I'm sure they're not, in action films busting perps and, and, you know, getting run around by the law. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but, but I'm, I'm sure if you were looking for, Hmm, where can we get, you know, a a, a, a tough detective, like a uh, Latino woman to, to play, I, I think they could have gotten someone else,
0: someone more believable. I don't know. Detective Montoya is a great character. Again, she was in, um, in uh, the No Man's Land books I read, and she was also uh, features in um, Batman White Knight, which is, you know, an alternate continuity, but yeah, they just, they've got great characters. I mean, these legitimately are great if what they wanted to make was a feminist movie, and that's what, that's kind of what Margot Robbie was pushing for, a female feminist movie. They they had great characters to be strong, cool female characters, and they just could have made a good superhero movie. That's all they had to do. They didn't have to turn it into this whole, oh, female empowerment, and we're breaking free of mean boyfriends. Okay. It's just... Oh, man.
1: (sighs) All right, I don't know if I don't know if Chats noticed this, but I'm going to go ahead and and say that I've clicked a few things on IMDb for Rosie Perez because I was thinking, man, I really like Rosie Perez, but what has she been doing? And you're not going to believe this, Daddy War Pig. Uh,
0: okay, I Jud- I won't believe you that
1: I won't believe it. All right, judging by, I want to say. 50% of her roles since I don't know 2016 2017 I think she's been typecast as the tough Hispanic female cop <laughs> So I didn't know this for for a couple of years she was uh, she did a couple of seasons on a show called Bounty Hunters on TV. She was one of the Bounty Hunters.
0: Okay. I uh, oh. no, never even heard of that show. Birds of prey. I don't know.
1: All right, this that's funny then. All right, that's that, that's what we get, Rosie Prez. For my apologies, uh, Miss Perez. That's that's apparently her.
0: That's her, her stick now. now. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh man, uh, Detective Montoya is a cool character, and I I just don't think they're gonna do. Uh, r- <sighs> They're just oh. not gonna do her justice.
1: Oh, and 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 when you had to when you had to step out for a second, I, w- I was wondering if there's a Birds of Prey TV show. It's not, it's not an Arrowverse show. It was a show on TV,
0: and and it barely lasted a season. There was a show, but uh, Renee Montoya, the character, um, she shows up on Gotham, uh, and was a good character on Gotham, um, and it just. They've got good characters that could have been done so well, and they're not even like other than black canary who they made literally black um which is is it just me or is that like the most racist thing you could do? take a blonde chick who wears fishnet and has a sonic power who's called black canary and then then make her black and call her black canary. <laughs> I mean, no. If it were, if it were one of those '70s black
1: exploitation films, yeah. <laughs> if 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 she come, if they introduce her to you know some funky music and have her have her say a you know a sassy
0: line when she comes out, then it's racist. <laughs> I just, it's like every black superhero growing up was named Black Something. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. You're fighting the power boys. Yeah. Look man, comics writers
1: are not the <laughs> brightest bulbs in the shed, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh,
0: so anyways, um in uh I believe in the Dark Knight, the movie, um that Rene Montoya had one of the uh one of the parts she she was, uh, I think, and I'm trying to check this out. Um, I think she was one of the people who, whose family was in trouble in the hospital. Um, but I don't know. I don't know either. So, anyways. I'm just saying they had the potential to make a great movie, and it does not look a great look like a great movie. It. I agree.
1: I'm not going to waste my time. Hey, do you want to talk about a good movie?
0: Um, I, I I'm sensing a trap. But wait, before we talk about a good movie, though, I want to talk about a the actor real quick. Oh, what actor? Go ahead. T- tell me more. Um. Uh, Anybody in the audience listening, if you've ever seen Mallrats, uh, you may remember the guy who never gets to see the mermaid, right? He just can't see the magic static picture, right? The magic illusion picture. Um, That actor's name, that big guy, that actor's name is Ethan Supley. And he shows up in American History X. He shows up in uh, Remember the Titans. He shows up uh, in My Name is Earl, and so on and so forth. He's gotten other bit parts in other places. Well, he's known as being this big, heavy guy with a beard. So this just came across... My feed on Twitter today. Do you want to pull that up? This is him now.
1: It's the same guy. Same guy. Same guy who just this giant rotund guy from Mull Rats is now Chad Bigley. This he is ripped. So, Amazing transformation.
0: He uh... Oh, so, um, I just thought this was awesome. Um, he posted it on Instagram showing on Instagram showing people obviously awesome transformation. Good for him taking control of his life. He's like 43, 44, took control of his life, made a big change. Uh, wish him the best. Wish, uh, hope he can keep it off. Uh, keep on looking like that. I hope, uh, You know, can parlay that into some new roles as an actor. Uh, It's awesome. Uh, So kudos to him.
1: I actually read about this uh, in the break. I don't remember which break. The last 40 minutes have have been a blur. (laughs) Uh, Did you read the story on on what set him on this path of of self-improvement, self-awesomement?
0: I, I read a small blip, but I didn't read the whole thing. So you probably have more information than I do. I, I just,
1: I just read a little thing is that he, he had an actual come to Jesus moment in more of the ways than one. Uh, yeah. Simon Hogwood, uh, in chat knows the story. Uh, he's on a plane with, uh, with Jim Caviezel and they had met each other on a previous set. Jim Caviezel from the passion of the Christ. And, uh, and Jim Caviezel basically said, "I mean, the short of it is, hey, you're going to hell because you're cause look at yourself. You're going to hell, right? And that was it. It was. He didn't make fun of him. He didn't say, hey, 'Hey, you're a fat ass,' or like he didn't start a fight or anything. He says, he says, look at what you're doing. You're 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 sending yourself to hell with with uh, what you're doing to your own body.' And it was a wake up call." Of Christian Kvizel, famous for being a badass and playing Jesus. So it was wonderful. Yes, gluttony is a sin.
0: Well, I think uh, I just, I'm so glad that he made that change in his life. And uh, I'm sure he feels so much better about himself. It's awesome.
1: I feel better already just looking at it.
0: He, can, he looks like he can play, like, seals now in movie roles. I mean, seriously. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, all right, but you were going to talk about a good movie. Oh, absolutely.
1: I saw, I did see 1917, a war movie set in, well, 1917.
0: So that would be the Korean War.
1: Hmm, that would be the Great War Pig. yeah set in world war one uh you've all seen the trailers story of two soldiers sent basically from one trench to another several miles away to deliver an urgent message that will save hundreds of lives possibly thousands of lives including the life of the brother of one of those soldiers So being dumped off in January, I was a little skeptical, but it was very compelling and entertaining. It's got that, I, and that's it to, for the, to the plot, right? Just nice, thin skeleton of a plot. You have to go, do this, go there, and all the excitement happens on the journey. I want to talk about uh, the way it was shot. Have you ever seen those films or scenes where they do everything in one take? Use, yeah. use, use clever editing to make everything look like it was done in one take. They did that in this film. And, and the first half of it looks like it was done in one take. Uh, it quite clearly isn't, but they achieve the effect and it really ramps up the suspense there because there's danger around every corner as, as these two soldiers uh, make their way behind enemy lines uh, from one trench position to another. And, uh, so there's, uh, there's the constant, uh, there's the constant dread of what's around the next corner. What, what might happen. And. So I wouldn't necessarily call it a war movie. Because it is a war movie, but not in the same way that Hacksaw Ridge was a war movie. It was Uh, it felt it it was sort of shot and staged a little bit more like a thriller or, or maybe even a horror movie. Uh, And it was very effective, very effective because in the second half of the movie is that section that you see in the trailer where there's like a, you know, destroyed town somewhere in the, in the French countryside. Right. Uh, And then, Uh, It's really exciting. There's Germans coming out from every corner, the smoke, the flare lights and everything like that. And and the soldiers just running for their lives. Super exciting. Um, So what I got was... Sorry, my thoughts are so unfocused on it, and that's my fault. But I really enjoyed the uh, action and the score. Uh, The music was excellent, and I didn't think much of the one-shot
0: trick, but it did its job. So in the second half of the movie, did it not was it not as convincing or did they just go back to standard shots in the second half?
1: Uh, what happened is that something happens partway through the film that uh, causes a cut and a time skip. It's a mm. short, It's a short time skip and it's very effective. Uh, for two reasons because it changes the time of day and because it's established that the characters only have so many hours to complete the mission oh, okay so this t- the time skip happens and you go oh they you know so much time has passed and they haven't made it
0: but then it's one continuous shot from there or the appearance of it the appearance of yeah they uh, okay. and they and
1: they sort of yeah they do it again
0: up until the very end.
1: And the 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 pacing was interesting too. And it's sort of a an artifact of the storytelling that because it was done in a series of of single takes or to make it look like it was done in a single take, then some things happen When you know when you notice a plot contrivance you're like, "Oh, you know, Uh, we just met this character and this character went away. And now all of a sudden this new character comes in uh, to join the film, right? Sort of these coincidences start lining up. And the, the, the first time it happens, it's seems a little awkward, awkward storytelling, but then you realize that it's sort of, it's something that, and I'm being vague here because I'm trying to avoid spoilers, but it's something they had to do to, Uh, keep the single take shtick going. Uh, I wonder if, I wonder if they couldn't have made just as good a movie without, without doing that. Uh, But it just meant that, you know, every time, every time one challenge was finished, you maybe get a little uh, break to relieve the tension. And then the next one, and it's, it's just nonstop. Uh, You and the character barely get a rest.
0: Um, is it a good companion movie to Peter Jackson's, uh, they shall not grow old. I mean, having seen they shall not grow old, does that, uh, illuminate parts of the movie that otherwise might not have been? I'd say so. I think the seeing that
1: film was good context for what we saw in 1917. If, if you're not a student of World War One, if you're not familiar with the conditions and everything like that, uh, They Shall Not it of course, gives you a lot of accounts of what it was like in a trench. And so when you meet characters and you see the situations that people are in and something like that, you understand what you're seeing because the focus is so much on the soldiers and you know for for lack of a better word war is hell cliche right uh this really focuses on that drama so they shall not grow gives you the background so you better understand what the situation is and 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 what they're doing in there so yeah um I don't know even what I should ask at this point. <laughs> is there nothing else you wanted to know about the film? Uh, all I can say is I really liked it. It's not a—I don't think it's going to go down as a great war film, but it was—it uh, was exciting, really well done. And if you like the same ten British actors that are in every movie, then they all have a cameo. <laughs>
0: I am. Uh, you become really familiar with those guys if you watch. <laughs> like any BBC TV show, you're like, "Oh, I know who he is. I know who he is." Absolutely.
1: Um. Yes. Great. Uh, great suspense, violence, heroism, uh, terror, and I think what what sets this apart from other similar films. Is I think the actors really do carry the theme and and the the mood. Uh, Everybody does a great job of expressing the uh, exhaustion and dread and weariness that you might experience in the trenches on the front lines, you know, after being so long in a foreign land fighting that uh, I think they really carry that mood. That sets it apart from just a standard standard action movie or a standard war film.
0: Hey, I really... That movie, ever since I first saw the trailer, I wanted to go see it. It has always looked like it was a quality movie. Um, You know, some... A lot of movies you can get a good read on in the trailer and a very few. I can just can't get a good read on like, uh, like the underwater movie. Can't get a good read on on that. Can't get a good read on that. I don't know if that's any good or not.
1: Yeah. This, this time I am happy to report. The trailer tells you what you're going to get and you get it. The trailer spoils a couple of things too, which I was very surprised. Uh, that it spoiled, but uh, when, I saw that, when I saw it, I was like, yep, I knew that was going to happen. That's too bad.
0: <clears throat> it looked like a compelling story that they bothered to tell well that they were just focusing directly on the story uh, and were not trying to shove a message down your throat. That's what the trailer said to me. Yep. So more than anything, I mean, looked like a quality movie and I was excited for that. I recommend it.
1: Uh, it or let me contrast it with another recent war film that I I passed on. And I think everybody passed on. Or is it even out yet? I don't know. They, they made a movie about Pearl Harbor.
0: Oh yeah, that came and went.
1: Yeah, you, you saw the trailer and it was 100% green screen, fantastic, you know, planes exploding, gunfire, people shouting their cliche, you know, we got to go, blah, blah, blah. Oh, what was that movie promising? It was promising just garbage, you know, popcorn special effects. Um, I don't know who wants to see a war movie done in computer animation. But great con- contrast. This film is just a really simple story about these two soldiers and, and, and their desperate trek through, you know, a, a basically a suicide mission to try and save some hundreds and thousands of people.
0: Great. Love it. Um. Well, I'm, despite my crying about how many movies I didn't see at the beginning of the show, I did actually see one movie this week. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. I watched a movie called Ator, The Fighting Eagle. Ator, The Fighting Eagle? Now, apparently, Ator, The Fighting Eagle was made into one of the more popular episodes of the original uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. So, everybody who has seen ATOR saw it first on Mystery Science Theater 3000. (laughs) Except me. You walked in fresh. The movie. And I haven't yet seen the MST3K version of the movie. I just saw the movie. And it's basically a really low budget, uh, I want to say Italian, but I don't know where it was made. It was made in Europe. It was made, you know... Um heavily inspired by, it, in air quotes, barba- barbarian flick made uh, suspiciously close to uh, but after uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger Conan movie and concerns a big muscly dude with long hair who wields a big sword trying to save a woman from the clutches of a evil priest who worships a spider god. Awesome. Now, <laughs> people are all laughing at this movie, and that's fine. Apparently the MST3K episode was really funny. I have no problems with that. And I'm not going to say that this was a great movie. I'm not even going to say this was a super good movie. All I will say is it was surprisingly watchable. (laughs) It was not a super terrible movie, it was enjoyable.
1: I love it. Hey, just because it's schlock doesn't mean it's not enjoyable.
0: And it had, uh, and it had, some, really, really good, traditional, pulp monster concepts. If you're a if you're a game master and you watch this movie and just took some stuff from it, there are all kinds of things that you could get from this movie that would be, really. Gameable, or if you're a pulp writer, if you want to write some fantasy stories in the sword and sorcery kind of setting, you could lift just one separate element from this story, uh, and weave a whole story out of it, and you'd have an entire story. That's that's the big problem of the movie is that it's really episodic and, and kind of frenetically so, and none of the separate elements, um really fit together well there's no attempt to making it into a coherent whole which is fine that's kind of traditional for movies or for for stories like this you know folk tales they're not they don't they, they didn't world build you know they weren't all tied into this overarching magic system um and it's actually got a good story it's actually got a, a, an interesting story you have a baby being born who's and I guess I'm going to spoil it for those of you really spoil some of it for for those of you who haven't seen it already it came out in 1983 or 4 so you know uh, spoilers for a 30 something year old movie here um Almost 40, 37, 36-year-old movie, whatever. Um, so you've got a baby who is born. And this mysterious dude shows up and and says to the mom, um, he's going to get killed. Uh, you can't take care of him because the father isn't around, but if you give him to me, I will ensure he's placed with the family who can take care of them. He takes the baby off and then... Uh, bad guys show up to this area where a lot of women are giving birth, where a lot of um, midwives are, and they slaughter every single mother, every single expectant mother, every single midwife, and every single baby. Just kill the whole lot of them. Hmm. But he escapes with the child and sets him up with a family and uh, says, you know, I'll make sure that You'll have everything you need if you raise the child and turns out that this guy and you find this out very, very early on. it's not a spoiler. this is like in one of the few opening scenes in the first few scenes of I me mean, uh is was the high priest of the spider God, but got kicked out by the current high priest and so. The baby with this special mark on it is fated, prophesied, to kill the high priest. And he's helping the kid along. He figures, hey, if this kid is fated to kill the high priest, if there's a prophecy, and I help him and he goes and kills the high priest, I can walk in and get the old job (laughs) back. I can get all the power, all the gold, and all the women I used to have. Why not? Which I thought that's a brilliant character. You know, he's a bad guy with a revenge plot. He's got his goals set. He's got his long-term goals in mind. That's an interesting character. You could take that character and do something more with that where he's kind of a good guy because he's kind of helping this dude, but really he's evil. And they interact, these two. And when they reach, when the kid reaches his majority, he learns how to fight by training with this spider priest. And, you know, they get into a real fight at some point and they actually develop this relationship. And again, I'm not saying it's super great acting, but it was watchable. It was enjoyable, and they bothered to try to tell a story. It wasn't just a rip-off. They actually bothered to try and tell a story. And, and so much schlock doesn't even bother to try and tell a story. Um, and then uh, there's a tribe of... Uh, women bandits, all women who uh, live out in the forest um, and they captured the fated one and (laughs) they, they sentence him to death. But first, before he dies, he has to impregnate one of the women. And so they have a combat between the women to whoever is the most physically adept of them, whoever's the strongest and fastest and so forth, gets to be impregnated, and she will have her daughter will be the future leader of the tribe. But it just so happens that the lady who wins the competition is a woman that had been out robbing people and he had saved her from three bandits. So that's how he escapes, is this woman he had saved. Wow. And that whole setup, that's a story. That's that's a, a fragment of a story that you could use anywhere, in, in a game or whatever, even just the concept of this camp. They have a woman who is incredibly beautiful that asks him to stay with her for forever. And then while he's kind of out of it, she whispers to him that she's going to pleasure him until he can't stand up anymore and then drink his vital essence. And she forbids him to move one curtain, and later um, this Amazonian woman uh, throws something at it, turns out to be a mirror, and then all of a sudden this really beautiful woman who had trapped him – turns into this absolutely, just repellently ugly creature because that's who she really was. Once again, that's a traditional pulp story. You're a hero, you're caught by a femme fatale who's hiding her true nature with magic, and then somehow you reveal her magic and either escape or kill her. There are so many little elements like that scattered through the movie, and you can easily laugh at the movie because it doesn't have a huge budget for costumes. It doesn't have a huge budget for great actors, but there is actually still gold there. It's actually um, surprisingly watchable, potentially enjoyable, and it's not as offensively bad as a lot of other films I've seen. It's okay. It's okay. Not great, but okay. Sounds like fun. So, yeah, I get why people make fun of it, but I hadn't seen the jokes people made of it. I just saw the movie and, eh, eh, it's okay. What do
1: I do? You know? (laughs) You know, that's funny. I've never, I never actually watched Mr. Science Theater 3,000 i'd I'd seen parts of a couple of episodes. I didn't think much of it. And I saw the riff tracks for the room. And what can I say i I think they're uh, I think those guys are overrated i I tried
0: to watch riff tracks for for ator. I tried to, but it just wasn't funny, yeah. Um, by the way, you can get the Rift Tracks for Ator off of Amazon Prime. Uh, if you have an Amazon Prime membership, they're available on Prime Video as part of your membership. You don't have to pay for them. And I think Ator itself might also be. Um, that was not where I watched it from, but I think it might also be available there. So uh, maybe the MST3K episode is better than what ended up in Riff Tracks, but... Man, I, I watched the riff tracks for like five, ten minutes, and I just—I didn't laugh once. Well, it's it's the same writers, isn't it? It is the same writers, but this is like twenty years later.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, the the um the conceit is brilliant. Uh, just sort of watching uh, bad movies with your friends and making fun of them as you go. But do you know what's? Do you know what's actually fun? Watching them with your friends and making fun of them as
0: it goes along. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's an okay movie I saw this week. Cool. I, I got more out of the movie than I thought I would, so that's that's a win in my book. Oh, and uh, uh, Emmett Fitzhugh says that the movie was made is Italian. It was made by Joe D'Amato, master of puri- prurient schlock, schlock? Um, and uh as seedy and lowbrow as D'Amato movies are he did try to tell stories and and you can tell oh there was a brilliant part i gotta i gotta stop I've, i forgot this you would think in a movie like this that everything would be fighting 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 and stuff at one point they have to walk through a place that's cursed and there's a bunch of undead there and again this is a big spoiler bunch of the walking dead, a risen dead. And they get through the place by being adept, by being quick and by running and by staying ahead of their uh, pursuers and by dodging them. And when they get to passing out of it, then their pursuers just disappear. So it's not a combat. They're not fighting guys. They're not chopping you know, zombie hands and heads off. They're just using their natural abilities to dodge around them and move. And then they all just fade away. And it's, it's murky, and there's this fog everywhere and this mist. And they're seeing these guys move through the mist. And it actually looks pretty cool. And then when they get to the edge, they all just disappear in the mist. It was a neat sequence. It really was. And it's unusual that you get something like that. That's not something that you commonly see in in a lot of movies. Cool. I don't have anything intelligent to say
1: to that. It just sounds like fun.
0: It is. It was. And, and it just, uh, he told a story. He had characters who... You know, had motivations and I just uh he he tried to entertain me and I was entertained. So yeah, I was satisfied with the movie. It's okay. Um I think that's it for today. We are out of time.
1: Sure are. Yeah, I was just about to ask if you had anything you wanted to bring up before we go.
0: No, no. I was happy with ATOR. I was or satisfied at least. I was I was happy and satisfied with ATOR. Satisfied just, with ATOR. Yeah. Apparently it's the first of four movies. So I might be checking, uh, I might be tracking down the other three just to see uh, how they are. <laughs> uh, well well then I'll say
1: goodbye to to you and everybody. Thanks for everybody listening live. Thanks, to everybody hanging out in chat. Uh, we had some good chat. Uh, you'll you'll be amused to know that everybody's really excited to talk about a tour, but it was a stunned silence while we were discussing 1917. So really? that's that's our audience. All right, <laughs> you, you you guys are great. I really appreciate it. Um, but thanks for hanging out and gabbing with me today, Daddy Warpig. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, th- thanks a lot. And why don't you uh, why don't you take us away?
0: Okay, folks. Let me uh, let me get a sip of water here so my Glug. Yeah, my dry throat is no longer as dry, so I can actually do uh, do this. Uh, I want to thank everybody for coming to the show. Thank you for listening live, and also thank everybody who's going to be listening later. We are available on YouTube.com slash GeekGab, YouTube.com slash GeekGab. We're also available on the Google Play Store, on the iTunes Store, and on SoundCloud.com. You can listen to us on the device of your choice uh if you're listening to us on uh, youtube either now or later be sure to click uh, like and subscribe and uh, slam that bell icon so you can get announcements as to when we're going live so you can join our awesome fans in the chat um with for what i've seen in the chat it's pretty much always worth it um uh, they bring up some extra stuff ask questions and uh fill in a lot of information like that renea montoya thing i was talking about in uh in The Dark night, somebody brought up what happened with that character and what her name was in the movie. So uh, you can be informed if you come and listen live with even more stuff. It's awesome. Uh, we want to say that uh, we've been happy to do this show, and we are signing out for today. But don't you worry. Don't you fret. We will be back.